Hello, welcome to the No Holes Bar Bridgecraft podcast. So, Chris, how do I turn myself into a werewolf? Ain't you got to drink out the paw print full of rainwater or something shit like that? Ah, did you did you did you um do you know that from some sort of TV show like Teen Wolf or something like that, or is this genuine occult knowledge? That's what all the the books say. What books say? I can't remember Scott Cunningham writing about that. No, the kind of yeah, the kind of all the lorry shit that don't mean nothing about nothing. Okay, so how do you distinguish between the paw print of a werewolf and the paw print of a normal wolf? It doesn't need to be a werewolf. It just needs to be the paw print of a wolf, actual wolf. Oh. So if you are telling me that if I drink rainwater out of the paw print of a wolf, I will turn into a wolf. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think it needs to be on like a full moon or some shit like that. Right, can you give me the full story, please? Because I don't <laughs> want to go and do this and then end up it not working. Then you say, well, actually, it had to be a full moon in the hour of Saturn on the day of Saturday. No, see, they all they all vary, you see. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I'm calling it bullshit. Because they well, don't all I did ask you thing. a genuine question and you gave me a genuine answer, which was me how to turn into werewolf so i want to know how to turn into a werewolf because all the cool navajo kids are doing it <laughs> that's funny apparently from what i'm told that's funny um no my question back to you is what kind of werewolf are talking about oh i didn't realize there was multiple werewolves i think i would like yeah. to be a kind of i don't know like, can I go for a grey and white kind of one, like a husky dog type werewolf? I don't mean the colour, Liam. Oh. I don't mean okay. the colour. Well, I want to be a, no. a cool werewolf then, in which case. The werewolves yeah. tend to fit into one of two categories. Okay. So they either go down the kind of man wolf, you know, werewolf where there is some kind of transformation into a half-man, half-beast situation. Oh, so what you would call in modern talk the Tyler Hodgson werewolf. Yes. I want that or, one. <laughs> or, but no, because technically, if I'm thinking of the right guy, towards the end of the series, he's the second category. Oh, is he? Yeah. So by the end of the series, he's a second category, which is the Lugaroo version. Oh. So the kind of Eastern European round to um, Western Europe, you have the Lugaroo version, which is um, where they t transform into a wolf itself, not some kind of half man, half beast situation. They're right. very different. Okay. So I have to pick between just being a bit hairier with teeth versus being an actual werewolf on, you know, wolf-wolf on all fours, do I? Yeah. I see. Yeah, those right. those are your choices. Like I say, your example, he actually does both. Yeah. Um, but I want both that's, 
because I want to no. be a super witch, and super witches should be able to do both. It's not both at the same time. Well, you don't have to be both at the same time. I want to be able to flip from modes, like the HDMI no. port cable, where I flip it... from the DVD player to the Virgin Media box. I don't think he can switch from both when he gets Hopefully later not. on in the story. Oh, well, it's, I want it's to. Like a, it's a progression thing for him. Oh, okay. In your example. Anyway, not important. So it starts getting a bit hairier and then eventually can turn into a, a full wolf. Yes. Right, I see. So how do I do that then, Mr. Cress? Well, he was born one. Oh. Which allows him to do it. But Mr. Cress, I'm going to ask a question now. And I don't Go want on. you to laugh at me like all of the people laugh at other people of my kin on social media. I'm going to change a very well um, used question on witchcraft groups from how do I know if I'm a witch, Mr. Cress, to <laughs> how do I know if I'm a werewolf, Mr. Cress? Oh dear. Now because I feel like I'm being a lot asked of one of these Dorian virtues. Ten signs you're a witch, but I don't know ten signs you're a werewolf. And I did this quiz right once about what your um other kin is, right? Okay. And I got dragon. So okay. I I don't know if I am a werewolf. I might be a other kin dragon. Like those no, you can't furby. you can't mix the other kin. We're doing a separate video about that one. All right, we'll do a separate one about that. What werewolf then? How do I know if I'm a werewolf? Are you itchy? Do Currently, you lose... now you've just said so. Yes, now you've just actually said that I do feel itchy. Is that a sign? Maybe. Does does you have hair on your palms? Mm, no, but I've got hair on the back oh. of my hands. Does that, that just means. She... That just means you're born below Gloucester. Um, oh, okay. The um, what was the other one? Do you have lost time over full moon periods? Well, I never know when the full moon is because I don't pay attention. I'm not a good Wiccan style witch that to pay oh, attention to all the lunar cycles see, and ties all were, stuff to them. If you were a werewolf, do I get lost wouldn't... time? Yes, Mister Cress. Am I aware of whether it's on a full moon or not? I don't know, Mr. Chris. You'd be aware. The You and the moon no. would be one. Okay. So I don't think you're a werewolf, Liam. Okay. So if I want to become a werewolf, how do I do that if I'm not a born one? You said I could drink from a pool print or something. Yeah, but that's that's your half man, half beast version. Oh, right, okay, I want the full thing now. I want to go full fat. I don't want the, you know, this diet shit. Okay. Well, that, that involves one of two things, which, like I said, born one, blood curse. Right. Which blood curses we'll, we'll cover better in that episode we're going to do about the manedictus. Um, okay. But, yes, if you're going Lugaroo style, then there is argument and stories that they were shapeshifters in the true sense so they would have been magicians who could change their form uh there were no chemical transformation of some description yes. right let's go yes. for that then okay so how does one go about doing that i don't know 
Is there oh, a book no. I can buy from Amazon? No. No? No. These these are ancient. Oh. Can't just get this shit on Amazon. What are you talking about? Jeff Bezos knows nothing about transformation. Oh, ancient. Right. So I need to go to sacred texts. That means I'm not yes. going to pay for it, which is even better, right? Yeah, you got to download PDF. A PDF. Okay. So I get this PDF that tells me I have to go into a oogie boogie 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 Luca Rill. What's it going to tell me to do? I don't know. Is it going to tell me to meditate a lot? Because I don't think I it'll like tell you to meditate. Such that tell me to meditate a lot. I hate those sorts it's, of fucking books. It's likely to tell you to medicate. Medicate. Yeah. Self-medicate. Potentially. But no, they were they were supposed to be a skilled set of trans transformers. You know, robots in disguise. Or you might be one. I'm a robot in disguise, but it's not you very might good be. because everyone tells me I'm a robot. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so yeah, the the Lugaru version would be yes, magicians that were able to con convert themselves and turn back, which might also be where some of the blood cursey ideas comes from. Uh, this idea of transforming too many times and not being able to turn back, being lost to the wild so that's where you kind of lugaru kind of ideas come from well you mean like when you cross your eyes and then the wind changes and then mummy and daddy say don't Look do like that because if the wind changes you'll stay like that yeah like that okay because i've got a cousin <laughs> <laughs> who has that and is that because he may have the wind may have changed. The wind in may have womb changed. or something. Potentially. Okay. Right. Does is there a witch doctor that needs to get involved with this, or can I do this myself? Is this a DIY job? My understanding was that it was something you could do yourself. Okay. So. Do you know anyone that's that's managed to pull hard. this off? be hardcore magics um no not in this lifetime anyway so in previous lifetimes did they have sacred text pdf in previous lifetimes yes we called it something else then oh the astral net <laughs> i was thinking more actual sacred text uh, rather than a pdf but never mind there was me thinking you had cave penguins. I never realised that <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very refined culture <laughs> you sprang from. <laughs> so rude. Wow. Rude. Um, yeah, although shape-shifting exists all over the world, so there are all sorts of concepts around shape-shifting. Um, there are some that would argue, yes, like you say, you would need a witch doctor or a shaman and it'd be one of their special tricks. Um, however, I'm not entirely convinced that they were ever actually able to transform alchemically speaking. Um, most of that would have been a spirit journey. 
Right. So that would have been astral work where you change your form in the astral. So yes, you'd be running around as a wolf, but no one would be able to see that. Um, so it would be my astral body would be the bit that turns into a wolf. Yeah, because that stuff happens all the time. Mm. Um, yeah, it's tricky. It can be tricky, um, but it depends on how much control you're used to having of your astral form. Um, and I don't think they teach it at shaman school these days. Again, I think it's a ancient practice. Well, maybe we should email the Centre of Excellence. Maybe they could do a diploma in it. <laughs> I think they missed a trick there. They pretty much exploit everything else. They might as well do a diploma in shapeshifting into a werewolf. Yeah. But no, it's it's a tricky one because what you're talking about there to kind of give some of the, I don't know, secret seems a bit of a stretch, um, but to give some of the idea away, um, to alchemically make that kind of change happen, we are talking proper terraforming. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're actually talking about actually re-scrambling and changing your molecules in order to do so. Um, it could be done in phases, yeah, and you know there are a lot. There are actually, you know, some kind of Wolfman experiments. Yeah. I think have happened in the last hundred years or so. Um, Is that like Bigfoot and shit like that? Whereas, like, yeah, well, they that up. They fucked that transformation up. <laughs> they forced big, big changes to happen. Mm. It, it involves like people changing their diet and repetitive kind of blood changes and all that kind of stuff taking all sorts of alchemical arrangements. Um, it's not a process I would recommend, just saying. No, I would not either. I um, am not really up with the werewolf thing, but I am up with the vampire thing. That's alchemical process, and that very often ends yeah. badly. So from that point of view, no, not something I would want to talk about. Um, I want to really advise anybody try. Um, it's an interesting thing to discuss and um, think about from a academic point of view um, right. to do your, your Slughorn impression. Um, ah, you Professor know. Slughorn from the Harry Potter. Yeah. All for academic purposes, you understand, yes? Yes. It means I'm not going to go away and do this, Professor, honestly. <laughs> so in that, in that circumstance, you're talking about you could take a mixture of the law, um, an actual understanding of how alchemical changes are forced. Um, because bear in mind, this is what we're talking about there. You're talking about forcing a change, mm. and it would be a permanent one. It's not going to be something you can switch back and forth or cinematic-like. Um, it's going to be one of those things where you um, make that change permanently. And you keep going and keep going, um, like all these attempts to go invisible, that sort of thing. So, from my, from what I have seen of such practices, it's like reverse evolution. If you imagine your stereotypical kind of Darwinian evolution look, of you've got like the hairier it gets, the more upright it gets, and less hairy it gets. You know, yeah, but it's going backwards. Yeah. But what I found is the psychology and the brain also changes with that. 
So with that, if you're going down that route, the more animistic you'd become, or the more animistic you'd look, animalistic, I should say, um, yeah. then your human kind of brain is going to start to disappear also. So in terms of your personality being in a body, that would be where the kind of curse stuff comes in. Because you are essentially, yeah. it's like dementia. You're becoming less and less and less and less of yourself essentially regressing to a certain mm. extent you'll be unaware of the process you'll be aware of it to start with but then it'll get past a certain extent and you'll be completely unaware yeah whereas my personal opinion about it um would be uh, about the kind of lugaru stance and um, that kind of idea would be that it's, it's an astral transformation mm. there isn't a bit yeah. you know it's going back and forth which is already a dangerous thing in itself, mm. um, which is where some of those changes can start to manifest, you know, as above, so below. Um, you know, you do have that risk of spending too much time in the astral in another form. Um, your body will start to make those sorts of changes. Yeah. The same way that you can make those sorts of smaller changes in the astral world and start to see those affected mm. in your physical body. Um, obviously they don't happen overnight, but if you spend enough time looking different, um, there is, there is always that chance that you either start to see it during your waking day. And by that, I mean, in your reflection, every time you look at yourself, um, that starts to form, you know, things like body dysmorphia, um, where you're seeing something in the mirror that isn't actually there, that is somehow different, um, or you're dealing with something where the, the physical changes start to happen. Obviously, they're slow um, and they're not going to be the most obvious. Um, but yes, those sorts of things can happen. From a Lugaru point of view, I still sit on the fence of uh, if it was a physical transformation, I would imagine it was a one-way trip, uh, which is where the my interest in the kind of blood curse arrangement then if you had children or um prior to this there's nothing reason no reason why that magic magical transformation couldn't be transmitted along the blood after that person's death um but yeah we're probably getting too fictiony there and too science fictiony about it um yes possible safer option is going to be an astral change um but yes i'm sure we'll we can talk more about astral changes you say a safe option safer. <laughs> it's still dangerous a safer safer, safer option, option yeah. um is yeah that you could do these kind of astral changes um but you've still got to stay mindful of the uh the impact that that will have mm. So a certain someone who shall name uh, remain anonymous. See what I did there? Um, did there. <laughs> um, Will is asking about black salves or salves that can be produced or have heard to be produced that turns you or as part of a process. Now, I think some people out there may think they could just nip down to Holland and Barrett's 
or some hippy dippy kind of shop that sells weird purple things maybe neil's yard remedies you know and yeah. get a, a wolf solve and just apply it every day and then eventually they'll turn into a wolf but it's actually a little bit more complicated than that in it because that's part of the process of basically you're talking about a combination between your flying ointment style things but also things that are supposed to trigger the physical body as well and make physical changes as well so that is something that i would personally not want to get involved with because if we think about a working on this sort of magic in general from a healing perspective for fuck's sake so much can go wrong with the process yet let alone trying to do this kind of a transformation solve that works not only in the astral world but also in the physical world as well that is beyond most people's capacity which i believe is why no one does it because i think that when you get to the knowledge level of being able to do that you think fuck that why would i do that you know if i really 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 wanted to there are better ways of doing it like i said full full body transformation is hardcore um and it's a full time it's a full time commitment to get mm. there um because like i said I, it's the only way i can think to describe it is terraforming so you're well, actually it's a form of terraforming yeah because... you know you are forcing you're for, forcing forcing physical and chemical changes to your biological makeup um, and would you really be a wolf you would more likely be a werewolfy humanoidy wolf, yeah i think yeah. So you'd be bigger than a a normal wolf you're not going to suddenly become some cute little husky type wolf from the mm. local wolf no sanctuary. you'd be you'd be a and with that you'd be more aggressive more in tuned <laughs> it would be a monster situation um i don't know why you would want to do that because most of the time whenever i've seen similar things happen it's always been by fucking accident yeah it's been a some black magician normally from a black lodge that's fucked something up and doesn't realize because it's that kind of dementia approach is that kind of i yeah. i thought this was a good idea i started doing it it's sorry going it i've become got past the point where of no return really and i've kind of lost the plot at this point and i've gone kind of clinically insane but also i'm not really human past that point so yeah i i say that the process is in my opinion is not something that would be recommended for people to go down that route um in terms of a physical transformation one-way ticket to wolf still I also don't quite understand the want either. So, you know, other than being a trick you show your friends, what purpose does it actually have um, in order to make those kind of animal changes permanent? Because it is a stripping back, like you are mm. removing and going back to basic instinct at that yeah. point. You are forcing yourself also of all the animals to choose to go and do something like that why would you pick a pack animal well for the simple you know? reason that all the films show werewolves and vampires and you either pick between a werewolf or a vampire because you're either on team okay. edward or team jacob you see oh i guess i guess 
but yeah just of all the of all the transformations to try and make for me it makes no sense like i love wolves but i mean what i mean by that is it's a pack animal therefore you you make that transformation permanent you're going to be one lonely wolf um with no with no (laughs) with no option for because you'd never be able to truly assimilate Mm. because even to the wolves you'd be a freak so Yeah, it doesn't totally make sense to me. Shape shifting, on the other hand, I can I can kind of understand. Well, um, that goes yeah. more of it along traditional forms of uh, shamanic practice and culture, because you have got the bear cult, that kind of idea, animal tribe, animal cults yeah. of magical practitioners that do take the form of that and incorporate that into their to a certain extent, their religious practice also. And that's very different. It's very different to what we're talking about. Very. That's a little bit more wholesome, a little bit more a recommended approach, definitely, if you're wanting to experiment with such things. That would be the approach that would be recommended to go down. Um, But the approach of trying to physically transfer your consciousness into a wolf body that's possibly not such a good idea um it can go horribly well it always goes horribly wrong there's never been an instance which i've come across in any fucking lifetime where it worked out well no warging is a more interesting one and that's just that's to nick a game of thrones reference okay so where you temporarily transfer your consciousness Okay, to another yeah. being. To an actual wolf. So, which is probably more likely what the Lugari were doing, mm. um, in the sense that they were, you know, borrowing, living close to wolves in that part of the world. They're very numbersome. Um, and actually borrowing their bodies in order to actually go and experience that, almost like a bit of a shamanic journey, I guess. Well, you had a tribe, a tribe of people, and then you have a wolf pack further down the street, as it were. (laughs) Then you could technically transfer your consciousness over to that. And then that way, you could potentially patrol the area, you could go and attack enemies and the like. But then also, if you get killed, then you would revert back to your body. That is a little bit smarter of an approach, because you get the feeling of being a wolf you also get the kind of wolf body but at the same time it's a lot more practical because that's like having a wolf as an avatar as above so below if you could play a video game where you're a wolf character you're not actually a wolf you're just controlling the wolf to a certain extent the only difference is you're kind of doing that in first person i guess it isn't it yeah yeah first person play which to the enemy, all they're going to know is that that tribe down the road can turn themselves into wolves because the wolves come at night and they're wolves because we've seen them and we've got ripped apart by them, you know? So from that perspective, if another culture or another tribe records that they were under attack by the wolf people from the tribe up the mountain or something, then that makes sense why you'd get stories like that. And that's perfectly you know, doable from an occult and magical perspective in a healthy way. 
Yeah. But I think that the legends of hearing about that practice and then getting it confused because they're not getting the information directly from the tribe that does it. They're getting it from another tribe. They're getting it from the evil tribe up the road, up the mountain, further up, that turns themselves into wolves and attack us at night type thing. Yeah. Like stories are written about it that sticks in the mind and then they think, why don't we try and turn ourselves into wolves? And they take the wrong approach. Like when I stayed on the bus and didn't get off at the right stop and then the number of the bus changed and I ended up at the Mount at Cripps Causeway. Okay. But one of the few times that you actually got on a bus. I used to catch the bus home from school. Well, I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget this. And they changed it. They changed the route. And I got on as normal. And at the stop, they changed the number, and then they changed the number, and it went to a different place, which was crazy. I didn't know where I was. As it turns out, I was at a John Lewis at the Mallet Cribs Hallsway, and I was there <laughs> till eight o'clock until I could get someone to help me get home. Aww. But there we go. There's a little story from my childhood, and I think that's it for this edition of the podcast. <laughs> So what we all need to get you to do is to join the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon because that way you'll get the extended episode. The extended edition of this episode plus every other episode we've ever made plus a load of extra bonus secret fucking content. Like that certain hour we're not supposed to talk about. I don't know what you mean. We're out of time. So good luck and goodbye. Anyway, for Patreon people, what are we going to talk about now? Because we've covered a few bits and pieces in a little bit of detail. Are we going to dive into one of them or is there more shape-shifting types you want to talk about? Well, there's a variety of different versions. If you're going down a kind of shamanic view, um, then there are obviously all sorts of um, of kind of tribal arrangements where what you started to touch on there which is borrowing bodies mm. or borrowing essence which we didn't cover on the first half which is where you're wanting to take on some aspect ah, of the animal itself a borrowed strength yeah so these kind of bear, bear um, cub clubs um where you're wearing the skins of animals in order to absorb some part of um which is a it's a, a type of shamanic process but um there energetically speaking you are you're actually taking on some of the characteristics um again tricky process because if you take the wrong ones over then you kill all the others mm. um or go out on a rampage and kill lots of other things um other people and other other things so but these those are where you are talking about those sorts of things where you borrow like i said i think essence is probably the best way to describe that mm. uh, it's not an alchemical process it's not a permanent change the second you take the skin off you're no longer feeling those processes um it's still quite a tricky process because it's very um it's very much low magics that mm. in, involves you know 
normally killing the animal yourself for starters um i don't know when you went last went hunting for bears liam but um i'm not in well. the understanding that it's an easy process <laughs> And I, I, I don't once mean... went to the Bristol Bear Bar. <laughs> there was a few bears no, in there. <laughs> not, not what I'm talking about. I didn't. Uh, um, I didn't kill any of them though. So, so yeah, and then uh, then you've got um, the skin wearing variety that goes to the next level. Uh, whether or not you want to go to there, Liam, in a bit, that's entirely up to you. Um, but the with those kind of processes they start to get tricky so because as i say you normally need to have killed um or at the and in order to actually own that that energy um you need to actually be the one that's actually killed them so those are a lot harder to inherit um and that's where the kind of bloodline stuff comes in with that is where sometimes the the energy can be transferred down a bloodline familiarly. Uh, famili I can't say the word. Family. Yeah, down the family line, and therefore it can start to mix with blood magics. But that sort of stuff then gets tricky in a new way, um, because you can be handing on those characteristics to the actual people that are born, um, rather than just giving them access to a mantle, which is what we're talking about there where you're you're building a you know a super club of of animal wearing um tribal elders or whatever for some reason i'm thinking of little red riding hood <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> there is something to be said about that if you try to evoke the spirit of a wolf which is something that we've not necessarily talked about because you've talked about possessing a wolf and a yeah. in a wolf's body but what about the spirit of a wolf maybe mm -hmm. some sort of wolf deity or something like that that sort of level of uh spirit good old fenrir yeah, exactly because we know a certain time when this happened um then coming into the a person because that's completely different again. And that's very much outside of the scope of, of um, shape-shifting, really. But that's still animal spirits, dealing with animal spirits. But then at the yeah. same time, would you even say that wasn't an animal spirit? It's very well, different. exactly. That becomes a bit tricky. Um, but it depends so on I what you said think. not. No, because we'd actually considered what Fenrir is mm. uh, and not being human, therefore... Um, doesn't really fit into the category mm. um but yeah it's 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 one of those things it's depending on what aspect you're trying to capture and how much of said spirit are you trying to capture and how permanent is that change um because if it's a borrow then there are like like we've said hinted at before there are tribes that have brotherhoods with them mm -hmm where you're you're basically adopting a a family of said animals in order to um in order to keep that connection permanent in the way that you want it to you don't you don't want to get to the husbandry stage um so you're not trying to tame them you're wanting to actually have a harmonious living arrangement with them 
Um, so like you said, right at the beginning, Liam, sharing a woods uh, yeah. with a pack of wolves who you befriend. Um, there is still always that risk of, of not agreeing all the time. But Yes, very true. So are you wanting to hit the other one? Which other one? So the actual... I've forgotten which one we've talked about now. <laughs> so the skin-wearing kind, oh, where skin people start to go to the next version, um, which is at a well, whole we next level. Okay, so let's talk skinwalkers then. Do you want to talk skinwalkers? I don't know a huge amount about skinwalkers. So with this, it's again... You're wanting to take on the energy. What is tricky with skinwalking is often um, it can be a bit Frankenstein-ish. Mm. So it's where you start to meddle around with different aspects and different animals or different things at the same time. Yeah. So with skinwalkers, it's not normally the kind of alien variety, which you often, often see on the kind of Marvel uh, where they take a sample of your DNA and replicate you. Um, we're not talking that kind of shape-shifting. You're talking where you're actually almost creating often um, a body of armour, essentially. So you're talking about the German berserkers, yeah, that sort of thing, um, where you're wearing multiple animal skins at the same time in order to absorb all of that power from the various different things. Um, the problem is when you start to compile um, different animal skins in that way um, in order to take, you need to be really skilled to be specific enough. This can't be a, I'm going to use a, um, I'm going to use a, a crow because that is, um, you know, well, supportive well, 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 of the Morrigan. You mean I can't just get my book of correspondence because <laughs> i've got several books of correspondences some of which are by scott cunningham and others of which come after scott cunningham like the book of magical wiccan trees where i just uh, flip open the book of a certain tree and it tells me all of the things that i can use that tree for you know you mean i can't yeah. just do that with animals because there's many a books out there they tell you all about the properties of the animals and what you want to use it in your spellcast you mean i can't just do that no. So the oh, tricky thing you've Chris. got with these is... This is so much more complicated than I've been led to believe by half the books on Amazon, Chris. That bonding that we were talking about before with the animal spirit, with the, uh, with the energy that you're trying to pull in, that kind of getting to know and understanding needs to be done with every single part. I did so... try. I did try. I bonded with the the yew tree right because the book said about bonding with the yew tree before you start doing it i made an offering by strangling it with ribbons right <laughs> i tried to do that with the neighbor's cat and i got scratched and i could okay. not get the ribbon around that fucking cat right so i think i've got a little bit more to go down that route i don't think i fully bonded with it so i can't start incorporating and chopping up bits of cats and wearing that yet but I do hope to. Maybe by the time I get to the end of the magical book, 
I will somehow get the, you know, ability to Magic do it. Words. Because when I've read all of the book, that means I'm allowed to write my name on the certificate at the back. And then that somehow makes magic happen where power is bestowed on me, like an initiation, you know? Like when you have those oh, learned okay. guitar books and you're supposed to make it through and you can write your name and cut it out on a certificate in the back of the book. Okay. I see. Yeah? Is that not how it works? No. Oh, but Chris... I don't know if you really know this magic because I mean, you're just one person, right? Are you meaning yeah. to tell me that you have it right when all these hundreds of thousands of books by the publishing company with the Crescent Moon logo are all telling me something different? Because here's the thing, Chris, that's many voices, only some of which are the same person via ghostwriting. <laughs> Voices, a chorus of voices telling me very <laughs> similar things, right? And yet you're telling me the complete opposite of those things. And I am suspicious now that you don't know what you're talking about because you're Pierce, Chris. You're Pierce, <laughs> the other magical member that have hey. more followers and have written more books than you. They have fuck all to do with me. Now. They're no peer of mine. Are they not, though? No. But they're magical mentors. They teach and such. No, not my You can call it that. <laughs> no. The only peer I'm interested in is, is uh, 30 foot long and they can walk off it. Um, <laughs> ideally, but can they swim? <laughs> ideally, they'll be wearing concrete shoes. Ideally, the tide will have gone out and they'll break their neck on the <laughs> <laughs> no no um so yeah i can't even think what i was talking about yes which is why these sorts of stories are the ones that tend to end monstrously yes um so the reason that tends to happen is because they try to pile on what feel like they can sew them all together like some bloody tapestry mm. um and think that they will exist harmoniously and the problem with that is often the fact that these spirits don't want to be bound together because in the natural world, they wouldn't be. What, a cat um, and a dog I, don't want to be bound together? Because, again, I've seen cats and dogs share little um, little doggy baskets and that. So maybe if I'm extra to them and I do finally manage to get those ribbons and then tie the ribbons to keep them both bound together then maybe it'll work out just fine. I mean, after all, I'm a good person and only good things happens to me because that's how the universe works, doesn't it? Okay. I'm starting to think that we need to find some way of do this, doing this audio only again. This is audio because, only. Because, yes, but it's not being recorded as audio only. Yeah. And, there, and therefore... Correct. And do you know what? Everyone's going to be laughing at you now because they ain't seeing any of us. They're all listening. I know they're, they're like, not. How come Chris doesn't know that this is audio only? <laughs> Isn't this his fucking podcast? No, that's Chris, what I'm talking about, Liam. Because, guys, what I'm, talking about I'm is... the one that does all the, 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 the technical stuff and uploads shit, you see. So he doesn't I'm, know. He doesn't rewatch our content. So don't tell him about all the extra things I edit in by... For fuck's sake. 
I'm pointing out the fact that because it, I can see you and this is being recorded on a particular piece of software that we use, you seem to think that this is Fausty Witches and you can play Wind Up Merchant. That is no, not your Chris, job. That's, not, that's not your job on the No Holds Barred. That's not what you're here for. No Holds Barred has a different background to Fasty Witches, and I can see the background, which puts me in the right state of mind. Now, as we all know, and as any of the people that actually fucking listen to the podcast, will attest to the fact that I never behave myself. So I'm you can't just you need to say... Behave, but you normally are at least serious about the conversation. Yes, you like to slag off certain certain groups of publishers, um, you know, Crescent Moon and all, but you don't normally make complete jokes of something we are talking about seriously. Okay, I'm very sorry. Should we talk about serious conversation then? Oh, oh well, what I've been I've been think, all the way through. What What part do you think should be the most serious part of the conversation? Because we've got 15 minutes left, we can have a super serious conversation now and teach like loads of magical shit. Because that's what we're supposed to do, um, apparently. <laughs> um, so what is it, the knowledge you think we should be putting out there with regards to subjects such as shape-shifting? What is it that we need to let the people know, Chris? Because we talked about the wrong way to do it. Is there any knowledge that you think should be out there? Well, the... What, only what we've been talking well I've been talking about the rest of this this episode which is where we're talking about the fact that actually astrally is the best way for you to be exploring this so obviously the first the first hurdle you've got to cross is getting onto the astral um, and two is then actually learning to manipulate your your astral body in a way that could actually make those sorts of changes I wouldn't be trying to go wolf straight away. Um, let's try changing your hair colour um, or, or the shape of your your nose or something like that before you start deciding I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to be a wolf man today. Um, like, you know, slowly, slowly catch a monkey or whatever it is. Um, but my question to you, Liam, is have we answered the question that was asked in order to justify this po this post? Um, probably not. Because I should probably be spending the last few minutes to try and answer that. Shall I read it? I'll find the message. This is supposed to be private, Chris, but i got to make sure that I don't... Yeah, you've I got to pull out the parts of it that matter. So if you can break it down into questions like you, you normally beautifully do when you're taking this seriously, um, feel free to do that. Um, in the meantime, I will carry on talking about this astral process. So the oh, right. um, you you talk about the astral process and let me know because I've got it up. Oh, okay. So, I so the um, so yeah, so it is going kind of stage by stage. So obviously, if you're operating in the astral, then obviously you should be considering what needs to happen in order to operate safely, um, and therefore you should be you know doing all sorts of various groundings and all sorts of um, protection kind of work and and development of that space so that you're able to switch in and out of there quite safely um, and actually operate 
simultaneously is the ideal process. Somebody getting to the point where they can switch between conscious bodies um, and allow them to operate when you're not there. And that kind of autopilot setting um, until you're actually able to do that. I wouldn't be attempting what we're talking about here with shapeshifting um, because you're really going to need that solid foundation um, of astral work before you try and do this. Um, and then it's a case of checking out the different types of ways of doing this. So it can be, you know, pulling in the energy of these particular spirits, working with these spirits in a way that you, they, uh, you know, will grant you borrowing that amount of that, and those pro um those um why can't i think of the word i want um characteristics of characteristics there you yeah. go um so that you have that kind of relationship to allow not just the permission that's not what i'm talking about primarily uh what i'm talking about here more so than anything is actually understanding what that is like, what is that characteristic? Um, it's going to need to be a bit more serious than oh, I want to be stronger um, or I want to be um, faster or I want better vision. Like you need to actually understand how that works and you're going to need to um, understand exactly how that transference is going to happen to allow that to happen. This isn't changing your hair colour. Um, which you can buy in a bottle and apply. We're talking about actually absorbing temporarily or permanently a characteristic which is not human. Um, and understanding that is what's going to need to happen in order to make that a, a, a positive process. But anyway, Liam, is that a safe place unless you've got questions for me? Something I no, I was going to say something because you're on the, the lines that I was going to kind of end on and then we'll go through quickly the questions the person asked. Sure. So I've met genuine shapeshifters in this life and there is something that some people are completely unaware of and other people are aware of this, but obviously you have the, the idea of witches, covens and the like magical practitioners that work together part of like a little group but keep all of their practices secret you also have things like um cultures that have like this person that asked the question specifically talked about medicine men that sort of thing but then you also have things like native american cultures you have tribal type situations um there does exist spirit gods goddesses deities that kind of thing that actually have and are often represented as kind of having familiars to a certain extent or um spirits of animals that are often represented with them akate has dogs as an example uh thor occasionally has been sighted with bears and the like so what you will sometimes find is that the energies that a lot of people would try to personify 
So just if we, we take an example, which I know of would be Thor, you know, that kind of idea that you would work with that spirit, that deity. But the people that may use that or work with that energy and that spirit don't necessarily know it as that character. So sometimes they will basically, it will manifest in the form of an animal. So you do kind of get this within the classical mythology as well, I do believe, don't you, where you've got certain gods transforming themselves into animals and so on and so forth. So the energies in terms of what you're reading, if you were to have it across a deity or a powerful spirit or something, it's going to be quite difficult because, again, forms can change. And you may be looking at something and not recognize it but it may be something else anyway there do exist certain um animal tribes of an occult nature which basically means that they follow a tradition that surrounds itself and wraps itself around the lore of a specific animal so if specifically i'm talking about the bear cult that is associated with Thor and they will have initiations whereby you are taught over a process like Chris was talking about just now how to turn your astral body into a bear. Now the difference is here is that that is supposed to be you're not turning into a bear necessarily in real life but you are assuming some of the magical characteristics but also the physical characteristics that are useful. So you don't necessarily start growing hair and be that. Maybe strength, maybe the ability for long periods of time. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But it is a carefully, is a culture. There's a culture within a group there. So you do have the fact that the initiation is that you have to be able to transform your astral body into that you also need to receive the mark of the bear which is actually a physical scar on your physical body much like people have tattoos or name badges or uniforms there's a specific tribe that i met that did actually have they weren't ritually scarred but what they were having to do is they were initiated in the astral world where a bear would strike them and scar them and scar their astral body and that scar would actually manifest on their physical body also so the as above so below principle so all of these things that's something that you might bump into and that's working with things in a kind of quite wholesome natural way that is completely the opposite to where we kind of started the conversation because these people aren't trying themselves into bears right this is a cultural, this is alchem alchemy to a certain extent, but also this is interaction with greater energies, greater spirits, greater beings, that kind of thing, okay? I don't want to say religion, because that has quite a lot of negative connotations, but it's a very, very, very different, and I think when you chuck all of these things together and you think of werewolves and werebears and care bears and all this sort of shit, that people automatically go to the curse, the thing in the night, because that's what the stories and films and all that sort of thing. Much like with uh, vampires, you always go to some evil monsters until that Twilight film came out. Um, 
which we will do an entire episode that's very similar to this, uh, talking about vampirism, because vampires, werewolves in the mythology often go hand in hand, and there's probably reasons for discussing them together from a magical perspective, because the process is very similar. Um, but there we go. So that was just something I was gonna I was gonna throw out there. Um, anything else, or should I go through the list? Just to tip yeah, go go through this and see. Make sure we've covered things that should matter to that so, person. I listened to a number of podcasts that discuss the paranormal. One of the things they talk about are skinwalkers. Skinwalkers are supposed to be evil Navajo medicine men who put on the skins of animals to become monstrous, right? That's what they're saying that they think that they are. Um, so would you agree with that? Not entirely, but yes, no. carry on. Now, according to other Native Americans I've met, or one I know personally, this is not unique practice to them. The so-called Wendigo, that you may have heard about, is speculated to be one of these shamans that long ago lost the ability to return to human form. Apparently, many tribes did, even a uh, few down in Mexico, now this practice is very similar to how werewolf rituals in Europe practiced, from what I've heard. For instance, I have heard... Shall I stop there? Do we need to clarify anything? Because we have kind of covered this a little bit. but We've, we've covered I most of this. But there's a danger with taking stuff from one part of the world, stuff from another part of the world, and saying that it's all the same. And assuming they're in any way, shape, or form the same. Yeah. Um, but yes, the we've covered parts of this before um yeah wendigo kind of or wendigo um involves what we were talking about before this kind of monstrosity of combining parts of different animals in in, in order to become monstrous um i personally would consider a wendigo to be um part of a group of like a type cast um like werewolf or that it's an umbrella term used to describe a whole host of things i wouldn't consider it to be oh this is one particular tribe that went wrong or one particular practitioner who is stuck this way um these kinds of mon monstrosities should we say exist all over the world in different kinds of cultures in different ways um so yeah i would just be mindful of you know pigeonholing a whole host of different practices the danger i find is that people care too much about mythology and stories that are passed down now when we spoke earlier we talked about the tribe that then transfers their consciousness over to werewolves and act sorry an actual wolf pack so a tribe of people transferring each of their individual consciousnesses over to a wolf pack and then go and attacking a neighborhood tribe, right? This is what we're talking about here. This is the problem because the mythology that you're listening to and I've heard about and that is written down and rewritten fucking millions of times, right? Chinese whispers. That would probably be coming from the tribe that got attacked. 
So pretty much yeah. everything they're saying is wrong because they don't understand the magic involved with it. All they're doing is they're thinking, oh, well, that tribe there, they can turn themselves into things. They must be bad. And, well, we hunted them down and killed them in the day. We found the nest and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Therefore, they must have been trapped in that body. You know, that's right. There's too much speculation with this. So never, ever, yeah. ever believe mythology or... Um, stories or anything like that just use them as a rough interest guide right a very very biased one and you're not going to be aware of the biases because you weren't necessarily there hence why when it comes to higher level magic most people go by their own experience from this life other lives past present future lives whatever all of that sort of thing not by mythology is the mythology books that the beginners look at and they think they know something about a certain spirit or a certain deity or a certain thing. And then they find out it's vastly completely wrong. So that's all I'd say about that. That's very dangerous mix in mythology altogether. Um, and you're looking at it, I think, from too much of an academic perspective. Thinking, I've heard this, I've heard that. Some people say this, some people say that. It's got to be about your own experience. So think about the characteristics of the story, if you're thinking mythology, and then how you would go about doing it. And then you'll arrive at logical conclusions to how this would have happened, what potentially could have been, right? Anything else to put on that or should I carry on reading? Carry on. Okay. Uh, for instance, I have heard of witches making some kind of salve from human fat and bits of wolf. I've also heard people wearing wolf belts made from pelts to facilitate this transformation. Almost all require some form of human sacrifice initially. This is where we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, we have a problem with the, the human sacrifice part. The, there would be a sacrifice of some, some measure in order to take ownership of that shape. So that's that's kind of just to push what we were saying earlier to the next level. This is about ownership. This is about domination of a spirit. So yes, whether so or not if you're, if you're taking over the wolf spirit, what happens to the wolf spirit? Technically, you could say you're going to kill it and take his place. If you're talking about transforming yourself into something, then is the sacrifice you? is your process of not becoming you anymore is that kind of a sacrifice i think some people when they think human sacrifice and turning into things they think of um <laughs> apocalypse i think is the film isn't it? yeah yeah, yeah. But, but i need to do some really big magic the only way of making this work is by siphoning the energy killing a bunch of people you know because that's too much in hollywood movies it's too much of a case of oh for this i can just do this this and the other bit if i want to do some big magic then i need to kill someone because that's an act so terrible or so big or there's so much energy there when there really isn't there really isn't that much um most form of sacrificial work when you're talking about sacrificing a human is petty weak magic no different than superstition which is one of the reasons why they used to do it you know it was also used to a certain extent i would imagine from our way back when what are we going to do about these people mm, well i suppose we could tell everyone that if we sacrifice them the thunder would stop 
Yeah. <laughs> we need yeah. to get rid of these certain people on benefits. I wonder how many, if we had a lot of religious leaders, would have come out and say, hmm, save to protect the NHS. We must protect the NHS by a, <laughs> a huge yeah. sacrifice type situation. It does not equal a huge amount of power. No. But also, I think a lot of people get confused with and struggle with the word sacrifice. Mm. I think I don't know if it's a post-Christian world issue um, where people don't understand the idea of even giving up their Amazon account for a few days so that they can't buy things and have things delivered next day. Um, you know, to actually understand the actual meaning of the word sacrifice. Um, but I, I digress. Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I, you know, totally agree with the point you're making. Is actually understanding what that actually means. Mm. Uh, what what are we actually talking about? Hum, human sacrifice. Are we talking sacrifice of someone's humanity in order mm. to actually take on a spirit like that? Again, are we talking about berserkers um, and that kind of process? Um, you so know, you've got what, the idea of killing your enemy and then stealing its head type thing or you yes. are what you eat taking on the cannibalism taking on the essence of or the strengths of your enemy there's ideas to that but is that necessary well no i think most of the time the problem with sacrifice is it comes from the perspective in the west of i must make a sacrifice to petition based work religion make a sacrifice to the god show the god that i'm worthy that i'm gonna forgo something I really, really, really want it because I'm going to give this up, you know, and that's like, well, that's not really great high level magic, is it? Because you're asking mummy and daddy for help. You're asking the teacher, teacher, can you do this for me? Honestly, if you do that, I'll be well behaved. Yeah. Hence like the Exactly. <laughs> Have we? Because I'm aware of the fact we're That is everything. They Are did say a little bit about Professor Slughorn and that this is all for uh, academic purposes, which is unfortunate, I'd have to say, for the simple reason that it's something, although there are dangerous aspects to it, it is worth trying some things out you know maybe with your astral body and that kind of thing you know you can always if there's a patreon person they can always reach out if they get stuck with something do i recommend making some sort of self that turns you permanently into something well no but at the same time this is the sort of work that people should be doing the sort of work yeah. which means it's i can't find any references to this i'm gonna mm. have to just actually discover this you know, or yeah. make this work, you know, that's the sort of things that I like to see people do. So I fully endorse messing about with this. Just be yeah. careful. Yeah. And like you say, outside of the um, the astral side of it, there is the alchemical part of it. And actually even starting to figure out how you would even start to make an alchemical self. Mm. Um, start with something a little bit easier, like loving yourself more <laughs> or uh, getting rid of pimples um, or some kind of energetic change that doesn't include teeth um, or claws. So, you know, there is definitely room there for there to be some actual practical 
application and some actual, like you say, practice. Hmm. So we've talked about some of the positives and I'm sure we'll bring up some more in greater detail in future podcasts or other forms of content that we do. Um, there will probably be a kind of a part two to this in the future at some point. But what we'll do is we'll discuss vampires because that's another mm -hmm. thing people are interested in. And um, what we'll try and do is we'll try and distinguish between the healthy approach to this kind of shapeshift in Lark that we talked about near the end and the bad approach to it that's going to end up being a trouble. So with the vampire one that we do, we will just discuss the dark arts, the bad approach to doing it and the dangers and that. And then I think the better forms of magic or the better approaches will probably be covered in other content because it's relevant. At the end of the day, this is like Chris said, a lot of his astral work. So it's not like we need to set a course or a curriculum or a video explaining how to go through the process to do it healthily because it's relevant. This is relevant to possession work. This is relevant to channeling deities, energies that you're holding or utilizing all that sort of thing. You're really just talking about applying that to animals for the healthy approach or masking your astral identity in that, which will all be covered probably in more protection and defensive videos and podcasts anyway. So we will promise you a deep dark episode about the black lodges and evil shenanigans of let's be fair stuffy old white men with long beards <laughs> at some point <laughs> do you want to end on anything specific no just like we said there are just because this is a big subject that sounds scary and um, mm. doesn't mean that it can't be um looked at at closer distances with with smaller aspects yes it's so, too i think too big a situation so if if anyone listening is inspired or intrigued about a specific type of transformation that we've talked about under this kind of umbrella of wendigos and werewolves and vampires and all that sort of shit um, then ask us about that specific one and we can talk to you in a bit more detail because otherwise people come one person, you can get 10 people that all want to know about werewolf or they say they want to know about werewolf magic and that sort of stuff but they'll all think of it in a different way you know, Yeah. and it's difficult then because they're actually talking about completely different things <laughs> yeah yeah. right, so there we go that's it for this episode Hope you enjoyed it, everyone, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>